Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? Amen. I want everyone just to start making your way into the sanctuary as we get ready to worship this morning. Again, we just want to welcome everyone here. Glad you're here. If it's your first time here, just raise your hand. We want to say hello. First time up. If it's your first time online, glad to have you here. Amen. Uh, if you have any questions about where your children would go or anything during classes, you can find anyone in the back with the name tags. Uh, they'll help you out and direct you in the right way of everyone where they should go for their classes. So I just want to remind everyone to stay connected with us uh, through social media. Uh, Matthew, if you put that first thing there, in your bulletin you'll have this uh, QR thing you could scan and it'll bring up all the different ways you could stay in touch with us on uh, social media. Uh, Facebook, we do Facebook Live every morning, so streaming live to Facebook that you never have to miss a service if you can't be here for that day. I uh, just want to remind uh, all the ladies that this Tuesday night uh, is the Bible study at 6 p.m. Uh, it's every Tuesday at 6 p.m. now. They're doing the, uh, studying the book, Lies Women Believe. Uh, you don't need the book to be there uh, to attend. It, it sure would help out if you could read it before and things, but uh, uh, you don't have to have the book to be there. Uh, I think they'll make a couple of copies of what they're uh, discussing. Wednesday night, I uh, want to remind everyone to come out for discipleship class. We have youth, uh, ages 12 to 19, and kids club before then. Our discipleship class right now, if you go to the next slide, Matthew, we're, we're uh, studying answers to prayer, what the Bible says about prayer and different things. And last week we began and ended on something, and I'm going to pick up this week in this teaching. Uh, do you know that maybe prayerlessness is a sin against God? Did you realize that? Samuel said, when, he, when he was, uh, the Israelites wanted him to pray for them, he says, how could I sin against my God and not pray for you? Think about that statement. And how many times Jesus tells us, pray, you need to pray, we need to pray, we need to pray. And Samuel would make a statement that, how can I sin against my God and not pray for you? So prayer is a vital part of, of what God wants us to have victory in life. So if, if God wants you to do it, guess what? Satan doesn't want you to do it. Amen. So uh, come on out that night. Uh, we, we do about a half hour of uh, teaching on the Bible things, then we actually go into a little bit of prayer. Amen. Uh, my Sister's Hearts Book Club will meet on May 17th from 5 to 8 p.m. Now, this is different than the uh, Bible study. Um, Monday, May 17th. Five to eight. Uh, put up the next slide there so they know uh, they're reading God's at War, dealing with idols and different things. So you could, uh, uh, you know, these days you can get subscriptions like the Amazon Book Club and all that and read, get all those books so you can see it there. So, all right. Then the next thing, uh, my sister's heart's women's ministry will be having a tea party on uh, Friday, the uh, 28th. 6 p.m., uh, Sister Malloy Gilbo will be speaking that night, so all ladies are invited to come out for that. Then the very next day, the men will be going to Spar Seafood Restaurant, and the Zalmans uh, will be leaving church at 11 a.m. Those that feel comfortable riding in the church van, uh, you can ride with us, or you could just meet us there. We'll leave church at 11 uh, for that. All right, so... Uh, before we get into the birthdays, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day again and remind any mother that's here, make your way there to get it, and also pick up a ticket right after worship service. We're going to 
have uh, pulled three names and we got a special gift, uh, three special gifts to give, give out for mothers. All right, so we just want to wish anyone having a birthday uh, this week. Happy birthday. If you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. Going once? Going twice? All right, online if you are, happy birthday. What about anniversaries? Anyone having an anniversary between now and next Sunday? Raise your hand. I see that hand online. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Amen. So what we want to do is receive our tithes and offerings this morning. First, I want to give, uh, let you know how you can give if, if you're not here. Uh, so you can mail it in to Christian Fellowship Church, Post Office Box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana. Or another way you could give is online at welcometocfc.com. Uh, or you could text to give uh, to that phone number, 985-304-2442. You could give that way. But the best way to give is in the house of God. We love to see your face here, amen. We're back open, everything's uh, back to normal as, as we worship God, amen. So if you would stand to your feet as we uh, read our uh, offering scripture this week. Our scriptures come from Psalms chapter 79, verse 13. It says, then we, your people, the sheep of your flock, will thank you forever and praise you for all time to come. And Psalms 106, 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, because he is good, his love is eternal. Who can tell all the great things he has done? Who can praise him enough? So I want you to take your offering, hold it in your right hand, and repeat after me. Say, as I give in today's offering, I give give thanks thanks to the God of my salvation, to the God God who has shown me unmerited mercy, and gives me a new heart, a new life, and a new destiny. Thank you, Lord, for all your gracious provisions. I'm amazed at how you are watching over every area of my life. I bring my tithes and offerings this day with a thankful heart in Jesus' name. So what we're going to do as Sister Alistair begins playing on the uh, piano. We've got three baskets in the front. Just make your way out your seats and drop it off in one of those baskets. Amen. ready to worship this morning. I just want to let you know the altars are open. You don't have to remain in your seats as we did for COVID and all. If you want to come up in the altars and worship, you're more than welcome to. Our call to worship is this month is from Romans chapter 15 verses 9 through 13. It says this, and moreover, 
that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. And he tells us again, again it says, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people extol him. How many of you believe he's trying to get a point across to us? That we need to worship him and give him praise. And it, uh, verse 12 says, and again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May, God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just come to you this morning, and I invite you, you to be in this place, to fill this place. Father, your word says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we ask your Spirit to move in this place, Father God, that every uh, person here be set free today, Father God, from whatever trap or snare that the enemy may have placed in their life, Father God, as we come to worship you, Father, in Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone shouts, Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.
life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness Of the goodness of God. Praise you, Jesus. As we praise this morning, just begin to receive the healing in your bodies. Our God is able to step out in faith and raise your hands and receive your healing this morning. We praise you for Jesus. I 
is your will that my life be healed. How many of you believe that? How, how many of you believe that? This is what we're going to be focused on today. He is the God, the Bible says, who is able to do more than we can even ask or imagine. And it is His will that your life be healed. It is His will that your life be healed. So, I don't know what kind of plans you have for Mother's Day at lunch, but please stay to the end of the service. Today, we're not we're going to try to get you out in a good time. But we're going to have an altar service at the end that I believe God wants to set people free. And if that's what you want in your life, if you want to be healed emotionally, physically, be set free from chains of addiction and things in your life, I believe God's here today to do that for you. Because it's His will and He can do more than we can ask or imagine. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. So you can be seated for a moment. Again, uh, we just want to welcome everyone. Before we dismiss our kids, uh, we want to go ahead and uh, if they bring the, those uh, tickets up, Brother Mark, if you get them to bring the tickets up for the drawing. Um, every Mother's Day, we usually give gifts like to restaurants and different things. Uh, uh, this year, that's what we were going to do, but then I'm, I was thinking what with COVID restrictions, some restaurants are still closed. Uh, some people may not be comfortable going to a restaurant, and so I don't want to uh, do that. So what I ended up doing was uh, getting three $50 Visa cords. So if you want to go to a restaurant, you could go to a restaurant. If you want to go get your toes grinded on uh, <laughs> at, at those places, you could do all that. If you want to buy your husband some fishing bait, <laughs> you could do that too. <laughs> Amen. So, uh Again, we just want to say thank you to all mothers. We love all mothers. Um, before, before we draw this, before we do the drawing, I want to do this. If you're a mother or grandmother, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Let's stand to our feet. All mothers, grandmothers, let's stand to our feet. Let's give them a hand clap of praise, guys. Amen. Now, what I want to do is I want to speak a blessing over you and say a prayer over you right now. So what I want you to do is just stretch your right hand toward me, moms. Dads and uh, children, just stretch your hand toward your parent right now. Uh, the Bible says this is how the Lord told Moses and Aaron to bless God's people, the nation of Israel. Say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And Father, I lift up all these mothers that are here today at Christian Fellowship Church. Father, I pray that you put a hedge of protection around them and their family. Father God, that any trap and snare that the enemy would try to come upon their life and their family would just fail. Father, I just pray right now for unity in their family, for peace in their family, for joy in their family right now. Father, if any of these mothers have children that aren't serving you, we speak right now to, to uh, them and we pray that God's word would touch their hearts this year, Father God, that this year they turn their lives around, that you promised us our children, Father. And I pray right now, Father God, that no one, Father God, would have any lost children or family members, Father, because it's your will that none should perish but all come to repentance so father i also pray for each mother that you give them wisdom and res re uh, revelation on how 
uh, to raise their children for the God and different things because each child is so different for the God. But Father, if we seek you, you could give the wisdom and knowledge of each case, Father. And we thank you for that. I pray a special peace upon the mothers right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You, you think I should have bind the spirit of anger if, in case you didn't win? No. <laughs> but what I want to do, I want to go ahead and uh, we're going to give these three away. So let me get, can I get Mason to come pull the first ticket? Mr. Mason. Mr. Mason, can you come pull a ticket for me? Come see my buddy. He always comes up and gives in the offering. Can you come pick a ticket for me? My friend. There you go. Just one. Just one. Okay. Thank you. Let's give him a hand clap. Good job, buddy. Amen. I'm going to read the last four digits. All right, ladies, you got your tickets? Well, I'll read the whole thing. Five nine zero one seven nine. 0179. We got Sister Hilda. Amen. There you go. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. There you go. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Ty, you come on up and pull a ticket for Paul. You want to come? Come pull a ticket for Paul. He's nervous. <laughs> Amen. I think he's nervous because his mom said, you better pull mine. <laughs> so here we go. 590178. 178. Oh, it's just a Melissa. All right. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. All right. All right, so we need one more. I'm, I'm looking for, for a child that would want to come pull up. Do we have anybody old enough that I'm not seeing? Right there. Come on up and pull a ticket for me. All right. And what's your name, buddy? What's that? They knock it. All right. Here we go. Just one. There we go. You think that's your mom? Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, five nine zero one eight zero zero one eight zero. Miss Marilyn, all right, all right. Jessica, you want to bring this to Miss Marilyn? Go bring that to Sister Marilyn. There you go. All right, thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, mothers. Again, if you would get your notes out and. We'll get ready. Now, how many of y'all need a good joke today? Y'all know I always try and make my daughter Michelle laugh before we dismiss the kids. My daughter Michelle does not think my jokes are funny for some reason. And I said, well, this one's going to work for sure. I said, this joke's so funny, it's guaranteed to get her to laugh. So I told her a joke about unemployment, but it didn't work. Y'all didn't catch it. <laughs> it's got it there you go. okay well that one wasn't funny michelle they agreed with you okay. all right let's get out our notes amen i want to dismiss our kids three four and five to their class as we get going 
Amen. If I hear some of you start laughing at the wall, you got it. I got it. <laughs> it wasn't funny. But that's that womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I heard the crickets after that one. So, amen. So, uh, if you would, get your notes out. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, begin as part two of Fix It or Renovated Life. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come to you right now, and I lift up each and every person within the sound of my voice, Father God. As we get ready to study your word this morning, Father, I just pray that every blind eye be open to the spiritual truths of your word this morning, Father God, that every deaf ear be open to the spiritual truths of your word, Father, that every mind could comprehend your word, Father God, that every heart be ready to receive your word this morning, Father. And I pray, as Paul did for the Ephesian church, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. And we say, pray this in Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. So we're going to be studying Fix It Part 2, A Renovated Life. And last week we had started on this. And if you put the definition of uh, renovate up on the screen, Matthew, this is what we talked about. Renovate means the process of improving a broken, damaged, or outdated structure. To restore to a good state of repair. And this is what we're talking about, that Jesus came. Uh, you, you could go ahead and uh, put up John 10.10 for me right now. Notice, notice the two differences. It says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his only purpose. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have two things. Life, you could be born again, and life to the full. See, he, there's more to, je, to being born again than just life. You can have life to the full. In other words, he wants to repair and restore our lives. He wants to renovate your broken life. Uh, if you put up that uh, puzzle in pieces, uh, this is what we had talked about. That when we come to Jesus, this is how our life looks. It's a mess. It's in a million pieces. We, we, you know, nobody comes to know the Lord because their life is so great and they got it all together. It's, it's finally that it, our life has broken in enough pieces that we come to realize we need his help. So we understand that our, our life is broken, but Jesus came to restore that. Jesus came to give us life and give us life to the full. You see, it, he didn't come here uh, just for you to believe that he is living, to give us life. You see, that, that I talked about last week that too many people in their Christian life Live the Friday experience of Jesus dying on the cross for my sins. But they never grasp the wholeness of the Sunday of living a resurrected life. See, they're born again. They believe. They believe in God. They believe Jesus died on the cross for them. But somehow they don't live the resurrected life to the full. Because we're going to look in Scripture that Jesus clearly came to do more than just die on the cross for you to be born again. For you to have, just have life. He came for you to have life to the full. So notice what uh, Philippians 3.10 says. This is Paul says, All I want is to know Christ, to believe, to believe the Friday experience, and to experience the power of the Sunday resurrection. I want to I do more than just believe he died for my, my life. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. The same uh, spirit that uh, power that rose Christ from the dead is alive in you. So how, how can our life look the same? 
He says, I want you to have a life to the full. I want you to live a resurrected life. And no, notice with Romans 15, 13, and this is still reviewing from last week, but, but it's important to lay this foundation again. Romans 15, 13, which is in our call to worship, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. So look at that statement. May he fill you with all joy and peace. But where does it come from? God. Can I tell you everything God has Satan has a counterfeit for. And he wants you to, but what counterfeit is it looks like something, but it's not. It resembles, you know, uh, counterfeit money. It'll fool some people. They'll think it'll fool probably all of us. And you thinking it's real, but it's not. There's no value in it. God had Christ. Satan's going to have the Antichrist, Right? He's got a counterfeit for all you have. And God's word tells us that the only place you're going to find joy and, and peace in your life with overflowing is from God. But can I tell you, all Satan wants to do is have you look and try to get it somewhere else. That's his purpose. God's plan, God has a plan, but Satan says, well, I have another plan to make it look like you could re- attain it some other way. Right? How, who remembers when Jesus went into the desert uh, to be tempted? What was Satan trying to do? I know, we know your father's plan, but I got another plan. You could get it this way instead. Think about it. He all, God's plan is to do it this way, and Satan always comes. Here's another plan, and it's usually easier. You could do it this way. So uh, I would mentioned last week... Uh, those that were old enough remember an urban cowboy movie. Uh, uh, what was his name? No, no, I forgot. You see, that's how old I am. I forgot. Uh, Mickey Gilly sang that song, Looking for Love in Too Many Places, in All the Wrong Places. And, and that's what happens with Christians. You're, you're trying to fill a need in your life that only God can fill. But Satan's, Satan paints this picture for you. No, you could get it here. It's available here. You could get it here, but all he's doing is painting a picture for you to get you there to kill, steal, and destroy from you. So, so let, let's, let, let's move on quickly here. Isaiah 61, 1 and 4 says this. This is where God wants to put your life back together, where it's more than just have life. And that's why I have the, the picture of the puzzle being put back together. We come to him all broken, but Jesus, when he was in the temple, read from a scroll from Isaiah. Uh, and this I'm actually reading from Isaiah here. Notice what this is what he was saying. Jesus says that this day he came to fulfill all these things. The sovereign Lord has filled me with his spirit. He has chosen me and sent me. And the first thing is to bring good news to the poor. And we talked about this last week. Good news to the poor. The poor he's not talking about financially. He's talking about those who are spiritually bankrupt, realizing that salvation is impossible with man, but with God all things are possible. He says, I've come to bring this good news to the poor who are, to the, uh, their souls are bankrupt, their emotions are bankrupt, their life is falling apart. He says, I've come to bring good news to them. 
that I can fix those things. Not that you could have eternal life once you die on earth, but I can repair your life, put it back together here. The second thing he says, to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to heal the brokenhearted. And we talked about last week the emotional hurts that people have from life. We come broken. We're emotionally scarred. We've got deep hurts in our life. And uh, I mentioned, you know, sometimes we're in too much of a rush for God to fix these things. And I mentioned if someone gets a broken arm, you get a cast. Six to eight weeks later, it comes off. So think of emotional scar is much deeper. And sometimes it, it happens over years. Uh, you know, maybe being brought up a certain way and all this. So you got... 20 years of emotional scars. And sometimes it takes God a while to work with you to heal these things. He's come to heal the brokenhearted, to announce release to the captives and freedom to those who are in prison. He has sent me to proclaim that the time has come when the Lord will save his people and defeat their enemies. He has sent me to comfort those who mourn. You see, all these things that we're reading and we're going to continue reading are available for every believer when you live a resurrected life. Not just life. Jesus says, I didn't come to give you just life, but life to the full. I came to put your life back together. I came to heal your life. Verse 3 says, to give those who mourn in Zion. Now, Zion's representing the nation of Israel and Israel in the Old Testament represents a believer. It was God's chosen people. So this is for all Christians today. I came to give joy and gladness instead of grief. Joy and gladness instead of grief. He wants you to, he wants to trade you. He says, here, anybody ever play fish and you trade in cards? He says, look, I want to I give you joy and gladness. You give me your grief because I can handle it. I could heal it. He says he wants to change all these things. A song of praise instead of sorrow. He wants to give you praise in your mouth instead of sorrow. He says uh, they will be like trees. And some translations say uh, uh, trees, oak trees, big strong trees that the Lord himself has planted. They will all do what is right and God will be praised for what he has done. And verse 4 says, and they will rebuild. That's what we're talking about, a renovated life. They will rebuild cities that have long been in ruins. Your life has been in ruins for so long, but you can rebuild it. God can rebuild it. He didn't didn't save you to leave you that way. He accepts us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. He finds us broken down and, uh, you know, uh, all these things in our life, and he he loves us too much to leave us that way. Amen. So we ended with this scripture last week about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And this is where we're going to pick up again this week. I read several verses before uh, this. And I I mentioned last week how, notice uh, if you read it, Jesus goes and he tells the people, remove the stone. He didn't tell Lazarus to remove the stone. And I talked about that's how God uses people, uses his church. That sometimes obstacles, that obstacle of, uh, uh, in the way of Lazarus coming out the tomb needed to be moved by people. 
And I, I really believe that the, an obstacle in a lot of people's lives is us introducing them to Jesus. That they got obstacles in their life and God's saying, okay, you need to help bring them to me. And then he goes on to say this uh, right here in, John, in verse 44, John eleven forty-four. It says the dead man came out. Remember, he said, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out. This is where you may have life. He gave Lazarus life, right? He gave Lazarus life. But notice what was his condition. It says, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. In other words, his grave clothes. Remember, Martha said, uh, don't open the tomb, it's going to stink. He's been dead four days. Let me. And Jesus says, take the grave clothes off and let him go. He told the people, take, help them. That's why you need discipleship. That's why you need to be plugged into a church where people can help you with your walk with the Lord. But he's also letting Lazarus know, okay, your grave clothes is from your past, old, dead, broken life. Please don't stay in that. Please don't stay that way. He says, take that off. You are free. I'm dying for you to have freedom. So why do you stay in that bondage? Wouldn't it have been a shame if Lazarus would have said, thank you, Jesus, and then would have walked back in the tomb and laid down a while and uh, returned to his prior state? What a waste. Jesus gave him life, but he wouldn't have experienced life to the full. See, that's why Jesus said, remove that old worldly, old life that you had. And this is what I I need us to understand today. Is a lot of times when people are born again, their old life wants to pull them back. Because we need to start by renewing our mind, the way we think, all these things. We have to to get plugged in. Because can I tell you something? When When you give your heart to the Lord, the devil doesn't quit. He doesn't want you to stay. He doesn't want you to grow with Christ. He doesn't want you to fulfill uh, the purpose Christ has for your life. He doesn't want you to bring anybody else to Christ. He wants to keep your life in pieces. Because he, he, he already lost you because you saved. But he says, at least I could, I could keep them miserable. Right? I, I could keep them like if Lazarus would have went in the tomb and just moping and, oh, oh, this life stinks. Although it is new life. See, he wants you to stay that way. But let's look at Numbers 14, and we see it throughout the Bible as we go. When, when, when God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, led them out of slavery, they were slaves for 400 years, they were begging God for 400 years, please take us out of here. Give us new life. Take us to the promised land that we are not stuck this way. But guess what happens? The, when they first come in, they're going across the desert, they come across ob- obstacles. And this is as, what I'm trying to tell you as a new believer, that Satan's going to fight against you. He doesn't want you to keep going. And w- human tendency is to return 
to what was working before. Notice what it says. Why is the Lord, the Israelites start saying this, why is the Lord bringing us to a land only to let us, uh, land only to let us fall by the sword? Was he? No. But that was a picture or an image the enemy painted for their, in their head, and they believed that. Although God had done so many things for them before. And then they say this, Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to where we were, what we're used to? See, and that's what the enemy wants you to do, is to return to your old life, the old way of things. And guess what? The old way of things, for 400 years they've been moaning and groaning to God of how miserable their life is. Then they'd leave for a little while and then maybe we should go back. Well, what, what was all the 400 years of moaning and groaning for? And then they say this. <coughs> Excuse me. And they said to each other, we should choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. And what I'm going to tie this into is they're, they're following Moses, but is following the cue from the Lord is that maybe we shouldn't listen to God anymore. Maybe we know better. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? Adam and Eve. God laid out a plan. And then Satan came in, painted a different picture for him. And that, you know what? What God wants for you, you could attain it by eating this fruit. But it was a lie. So John, 1 John 5, 19 says this. We know that we are uh, children of God and that the, say these two words, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. And this is what I'm, I'm trying to project to you today, some understanding on how the enemy has been working from day one and continues to work today, and he's so very successful. Given us understanding so we may know him who is true. And this is what we're sharing, the truth today. And you need to grab hold of it. He says, and we are in him, in Christ, who is the true, is, is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. In other words, he's telling you again, basically, as they said, we're going to choose a new leader. Quit, follow Jesus, follow God, and don't make for yourself some other thing that will take you away from God. See, the world represents everything that God opposes. That's what the world represents. That the whole world is in the influence of the, of the devil. And everything the world offers you may seem good, it may seem glorious, it may seem like the way, but it's a counterfeit to try to get you to do what he wants instead of what God wants. And the only way you're going to have true joy and peace in your life is serving him. What the Satan's going to offer you is counterfeit and is just going to lead to death and destruction and a broken life. Although it may look glamorous.
1 John 2, 15 and 17 says this. Do not love the world. We just talked about the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. And then he says these, these three things, and this is where we're going to kind of tie all these things together to us right now. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh. Now, the word lust is the opposite of love. God so loved, here Satan's counterfeit is lust. God so loved that he gave. Love is giving and caring about other things. Lust is, it's about me, what I want. Lust is self-gratification, that it gratifies me. And that's, that's what people don't understand, that they, they look at things and say, this is going to make me happy, but in reality, it's a trap of the enemy. The only thing that's going to make you happy and satisfied is the relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to look at it in the Bible, when God created Adam... Adam was the only human being on earth. God established a relationship with him. And Adam, seeing males and females of animals, he was, had to name the animals. Do you, do you realize Adam never asked God for a, a soulmate? Anybody? God never, uh, Adam never asked God for anything. You know why? Because he found everything in his relationship with God. Too many times we look at other people and try to have them they're that idol in our life. You're going to make me happy. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. Only God can make you happy. Only your relationship with him. And then God's the one who said, you know, it's not good for you to be alone and gave him Eve. But Adam never desired anything else when he had his relationship with the Lord. So it says, don't let the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And, and I don't have time to really break these things down today. But it says all these things come from the Father. Uh, uh, does not come from the Father, but from the world. The, now notice what it says. The world and its desires, what happened to them? They pass away. In other words, all these things are going to die with you. It's not going to produce fruit in your life. It's going to be because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy says all these things are going to come. And the last one, again, the pride of life. We see that throughout history. It's us, right? And, we, and we're all guilty in a way of that. When we post something on Facebook, how many of us check if you got some likes? We all do, right? But when Jesus went into the desert to be tested, Three times Satan tested him in different ways, but every time he used the pride of life, trying to get Jesus to fail. He always said, started it this way, if you are the Son of God. If you are who you're claiming to be, how many of you know if that would have been us, I would have rolled up and said, you're darn right, that's who I am, and boom, shoot you with some lightning. But he stayed humble. Because he knew the Father had a plan for him. But all Satan wanted him to do was do the pride in him, to try to raise pride in Jesus. You see, that, that's where Satan fell. Because pride rose in him and he wanted to be like God. And so that, that's where he, he continued through there. So 
Let's go get on, get on here. Uh, but he says, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life will all pass away. But th- these are the things, the images and the things that Satan paints for you that will bring you happiness. All these things in life. The Bible says, what good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Now the Lord uh, had planted in in the garden in the east of Eden. Well, let me get a sip here. Now the Lord had planted in the garden, a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put the man he formed. The Lord God made, now notice this, all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Now we just looked at what Satan offers you. Those are his counterfeits. But notice what God provided in the garden. It says this, all kinds of trees, trees that were what? Pleasing to the eye. Counterfeit lust of the eyes. See, it was already there. Things that were pleasing to the eye was already there. They already had that. He says, and good for food. What that goes with the lust of the flesh. What our bodies want. What our physical bodies desire. Those lusts of those things. But it says that God already had provided that. You see, Satan comes with that counterfeit. Uh, again, when Jesus was in, in the uh, desert, what did Satan say? If you are the Son of God trying to poke that pride, then turn this stone into bread. Feed your body because he knew he was fasting for 40 days. And many of you are starving right now and you just ate breakfast. Right? Then it says, in, in, in the middle of the garden, now here's the difference. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You see, they could have taken, partaken from the tree of life. But they were told not to take from knowledge of good and evil unless they would die. And you see, God wasn't trying to set these mean rules of don't take this, don't eat from this tree. He was just trying to protect them. He was trying to give them life. He was trying to have them stay alive. He already provided all these other trees that met all these things in their life. But Satan has a way of working and tricking us. You see, the tree of knowledge will harm you. You're not, you're not supposed to eat of that. So Genesis 2:15 and 17 says this: The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded. You are free to eat from any tree. So you could eat from the tree that's pleasing to the eye. You could eat from the tree that's good for food. You could eat from the tree of the tree of life. Just don't eat from the one that's going to kill you. He says you are free to eat from any of the tree, uh, trees in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So what does Satan do? He wants, the, he wants them to die. So he just he needs to fight, figure out a way, how can I get these two people to eat from the tree that God told them not to? And he says, I, I need to see. Hey, well, now what I'm about to do is 
refer to something I've done two weeks ago because it really helps here. So if you were there two weeks ago, don't give the answer out. Okay? Matthew, if you'd put that image up on the screen for me. Now, I asked this question two weeks ago. How many of you think this is a carrot? You'd say it's a carrot. How many of you would say it's a banana? Well, how many would say it's a cucumber? How many say it's an apple? Okay. It's an apple. All right. How many of you love apples? Oh, you know, good, crisp apples. Can I tell you that this is not an apple? This is an image of an apple? Now, you're saying, oh, of course I know that. No, you didn't a while ago. You weren't thinking that way. It's obvious now. And you see, that's why I said, when, when we read about Adam and Eve in the garden, it's, oh, how could they eat of that fruit? It's so obvious now. But what, he does, what Satan does is he paints an image to look like something and have you believe it's that. But it, what he doesn't do is tell you what it really is. You see, he paints an image. So he paints the image of the world that this is where you're going to find your happiness. This is where you're going to find success. This is where you're going to find joy. But behind it is death. That makes sense? An image. This is what he does. He portrays an image to make you think it's something, but at all times it's not what it is. Not what you believe. And then later on you say, wow, why didn't I see that? Uh, I can tell you right now, when I, when I was growing up, the things that did not seem wrong or against God are so obvious today. Why? Because he painted an image that I believed in. And that's what he does. You see, he painted the image in the garden that this is good. Now, notice what it says. Uh, uh, let's read it from Scripture here. Genesis 3, 11, 3 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty. Again, this is de- dealing with counterfeit. He, 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 he makes you think you're getting something, but it's not what you're getting. More crafty than all the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat uh, from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, or you must not touch it or you will die. And Satan begins to paint this image. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Lust of the eyes, pride of life. You're going to be like God. In other words, making your... You're doing... I'm telling, he's telling them to do something that God said not to do. In other words, you're in charge, not him. You're in charge of your life, not God. He says, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. That was the image he portrayed, but he forgot to tell them that once you take a bite, you're dead. See, the image that he painted was this was all going to be great. You hear me? That's how he works. He portrays things that are against the word of God, but it's like, well, how can this be bad? Look how good it is. Surely that's an apple. And then once you fall for it, you realize after how foolish was I. I can see right through it now. 
Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for what? Food, lust of the flesh. You see, he has a counterfeit for what God has. You think you're getting something that you're not getting. Every time you deal with him, all you're going to get is he's going to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's all he's there for. It says, food pleasing for the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. The pride of life again. So she took some and ate it because she's seen an image that, thought, that she thought was going to better her life. She's seen an image. Satan painted an image that this is going to improve your life. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. Everything you want in life is going to be given to you by this image. But in reality, is the thing that would kill you. Then the sad part is she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. That's a sad statement because she didn't even realize what had actually happened to her already and she led her husband down the same path. And this doesn't excuse Adam because Adam uh, was the one that God commanded not to eat from that. But you have to be, be careful who you hang around with, who you associate with, because they're going to offer you the bite of the apple. And they may not think they're doing good. They may be thinking, oh, we're going to cheer this person up and we're going to invite them to do all this worldly stuff and they think they're offering you a good apple. It's an image and you see that image and you, oh yeah, I need to go have some fun. uh, Life's been so hard, I, I just need to get out and go do all this stuff. It's a great image. But what does sin do? The wages of sin is death. It brings death in our lives. Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were open. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Just like when I said it's an image of an apple. Well, of course we knew that. No, you didn't. Well, of course you knew it, but, but you were blinded by the image I was painting. That's how he works. It's easy to see after. After you take the bite and your life is ruined. When you find your life in a million pieces because you took the bite. The eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. But they believed the image and I want to let you know that only true joy, only true peace, and true hope and love is found in Christ. That's it. That's the only place you'll find it. You're looking for all that stuff in all the wrong places. It's just an image that the devil has portrayed of the world, that this is what's going to bring you happiness. Uh, Even many years ago, I remember several of these rock stars in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s, and that was the hair bands, and it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll was what, what the world was offering. And that was all these things, and all these people had all the money. And it was amazing later on in life when I found out how many of those people 
who had all those things ended up committing suicide. So apparently sex, the drugs, the rock and roll, all the money in the world don't bring you joy, peace, and happiness. But that's what everybody, every teenager in the 80s was chasing after because that's the image Satan had painted, that this is where you're going to find it. But what it does, it brings death till you see the truth. So what I want to share with you today is that God wants to heal you from all these things and deliver you from all these things. But your life has to be built on the word of God. Your life has to be built on God's truth. You cannot believe the image. The second you believe the image, it all come crashing down. I want to show you Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, and this is what I want to just say for a second. Just because you become a Christian and start serving God doesn't mean everything in life becomes easy. God never promised. Jesus even said, in this world you will have trouble. Right? If, if there was ever a, a verse you want to white out the Bible, would be let's take that out. But he tells us, in this world you will have trouble. But the difference is that with him by your side, you could go through it and still have joy, still have peace in your life. Jesus says this, the rain came down. This is the one who, who lives by the word of God. And the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. But yet it did not fall. And why didn't it fall? Because it had its foundation on the rock. And not other that it was built on God's word. But then notice what he goes on to say. But everyone who hears these words. Again, hearing, these, hearing God's word and doing God's word is two different things. See, Adam and Eve heard God say, don't eat from that tree. But they didn't do it. So it's more than just knowing. I have to begin to put God's word to active in my life. It says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Who remembers when we done that study in Proverbs when it talked about the four people? What was the fool? The one who knows what to do, but refuses to do it. The one who knows to do what's right, but refuses to do it. He says, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. He says, the, the same rain, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It has the puzzle in a million pieces. You could have Jesus putting your life back together, building you, and when the storms of life comes, it'll hold together because he's your rock. Or you could try and do it some other kind of way, but when those storms come, your life's going to fall apart. So if our worship team would begin making their way up right now as we close with this last verse. I want you to look at Psalms 107, verses 14 through 17. says this, he brought them out of their gloom and darkness 
and broke their chains in pieces. Listen to that. He brought them out of their gloom and darkness and broke their chains in pieces. Uh, He brought Lazarus out. And he said, take off those grave clothes. Because there's more life for you than the life you've just experienced. And then he says, they must thank the Lord for his constant love for the wonderful things he did for them. He breaks down doors of bronze and smashes iron bars. He sets them all free. But notice what verse 17 says. But some were fooled. Some knew what to do. Some knew that God could do these things. And the fools suffer, uh, suffering because, their, because of their sins and because of their evil. You see, we have to quit believing the lie of the enemy. Can I, I tell you something? Let, let me just read again what Jesus wants to do for you here today. What his word says he came to do in Isaiah 61, 1 and 4. I've come to bring good news. That whatever hurt you have, whatever hang up you have, God can heal you. He is the God of all power. He is the God who is able to do more than we can even ask or imagine. He says he came to heal the brokenhearted. If anyone's in here with a broken heart from anything, God wants to heal it. The enemy's saying, no, look, come over here, do this, do that. This will heal your heart. This will help you forget. All that's going to do is compound the damage. But Jesus says, come to me and I can heal your heart. He says, I've come to to heal the brokenhearted, to announce release to the captives and freedom to those who are in prison. He has sent me to proclaim that the time has come when the Lord will save his people and defeat his enemies. He has come to comfort all who mourn, to give joy and gladness for those of you who grieve, to put a song of praise in your mouth instead of a song of sorrow, that you're able to rebuild the cities, those areas in your life that have been in ruins forever. I mentioned last week in our teaching, you know, sometimes you you see through family history like a generational curse, and God's saying it could end today. You could rebuild all these cities that for centuries have been in ruin, that he wants to rebuild it. So what I'm going to ask, as we... If you need God to touch you in any of these areas, I'm going to ask you just to come forward. I'm just going to anoint you with all. We're not going to stand and pray over you. We'll, we'll keep a distance. But just anoint you with all, which represents the presence of God. And you come up and you begin to pour yourself out to God. And, and let Him know. He, uh, he already knows what your need is. But believing that God's going to heal you. Believing that God's going to deliver you. Believing that God's going to save you. Believing that God's going to give you joy for sorrow. Quit buying into the lie of the enemy. It's only found. May the God of all comfort and peace fill you to overflowing. Amen. Make your way out your seats and uh, I'll begin anointing you with all. Just worship this morning. Come on. If you felt the Holy Spirit tug at you at any part of this service, you need to be up here.
and snares that the enemy tries to place in our lives. When he tries to paint an image of something to, dr- to make us drift away from the God, from the truth of God, that he hides it in all these things, Father God. I just pray that all those traps and snares and images would just fail, that we could see right through them, Father. Because we know the only way to uh, joy and peace in our life is from the Father. Father, I just pray that joy and peace will begin to overflow in each and everyone's lives here today, Father God. Renovate our life, Father. Put our lives back together. Bring healing, freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, amen. Let's sing that verse one more time. Let's sing that one more time. Go ahead, sing it from, with all your heart this morning. Sickness can't stay any longer Your perfect love is casting out fear You are the God of all power And it is your will that my life is here Sickness can't stay Oh 